Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. This is 51 First Dates, a podcast about dating, etc. Thank you so much for being here. We are very excited about today's episode. I have really big shock jock energy yet again. Sorry. (laughs) But no, it always happens. Like we both have a little bit of a buzz. We're recording like at like an evening time when Kimmy can get a buzz it's like it's always that it is like late night for Liza on central time so just shout out to Liza I just chatted her ear off but um, I love it this is like my favorite (laughs) recording zone me too uh but we are so excited because today we have Alana Dunn you may know her from the podcast seeing other people um she's excellent we had such a fun conversation with her so fun so smart and so much younger than us and so um wise about dating if you're not grandmas like we are so it was very fun great chat so excited to have you all listen to that but before that we will get to consumption corner we'll do a quick one you know since we're all vaxxed up these days and hopefully getting out there and hanging out IRL and then we will do one quick listener question. And I don't have anything else to add. Oh, yes, I do. Like us, follow <laughs> us, rate, subscribe, review. You can uh, find us at 51 First Dates Pod on Instagram. We are just venturing into the land of TikTok. It would be really fun if you followed us there. Oh, it's yeah. really dumb, but I like it. At 51 First Dates Pod. Um, you can email us at 51firststatespod at gmail.com. Subscribe to our Substack in the link below. We list our consumption stuff there. And you can join our secret Facebook group. We have so many business points. Um, but we like to remind people, and please rate, subscribe, review. It really helps us get great guests like Alana. And I have a, another business point. It This episode is coming out many days late. Three, four, four. I, math is hard. But happy birthday, Liza. It's belated right now. But if you're all listening, shout out Liza's birthday and give us a nice review for it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm 33. I am spiraling about it. And not that age means anything. And like, I know 33 is still young. And I, I don't know. I just, it, it feels like a number. So if you want to make me feel better, you can rate, subscribe, review, or don't, whatever. I'll just be old. Or just say something uh, nice, Eliza. Sorry. I made that about me and selfishly about us not succeeding. at so. all. I am, trust me, that would put a smile on my old face. Um, I'm just kidding, guys. There's plenty of people listening. Or like, like, I know 33 is not old. It's just, you know, every birthday feels, things feel like they're going by so quickly. And like, it's, it's almost our 200th episode. And oh that, my gosh. yeah, Liza. it's crazy. Do we that know when that insane. is? <laughs> I will keep an eye on it. And okay, I will probably, we, will pro- we may not do anything special, but we will try. We will try. Maybe we'll check in with all our previous daters. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be so fun. Oh, look at you. Uh, yes. Um. Okay. So Consumption Corner. So uh, f- in full disclosure, we recorded an, a, an episode and this intro back to back. So I don't know that I have anything. I know we're we're doing not anything because well okay. for exciting reasons Liza's doing a very fun road trip. Um, we will not. I'm like acting like I need to keep your life a secret, but I just realized I'm exposing you to the world. Not but at all. If anyone has road trip recommendations for the south for the American Southwest, Ooh. send them my way. Yeah, um, especially New Mexico, Northern Arizona, Southern Utah, and national parks, and a little bit of Colorado. Those are some of the things I love um, southern Utah I bet I, I know all the other places but I've never been and I, I I think all of America is quite beautiful and underrated but southern Utah oh my god we based a lot of our plans like a ton of our plans on your southern Utah recommendation we're spending like the longest time there because of your love of it so I'm very very excited oh that is um, sweet. and it was so I've been consuming a lot of maps and a lot of um Airbnb listings and a lot of national park websites and um I'll shout out hacks on HBO Max again yeah keep shouting that out mm-hmm. yeah it's great it's great um and I'll also shout out the SNL performance of Lil, Lil Nas X's SNL performance where he ripped his pants because oh. it was really funny and cute and he did a great job I know I fucking love him <laughs> I, I, 
I'm a grandma. I feel like I fucking no, I feel love like, Lil I'm Nas. like he's such a sweet. I'm like he's a very talented artist, but to me, he's like a 22 year old, and he there was a stressful performance wardrobe issue, and I was like, he did so well, and I'm proud. Yeah. Like I'm not his mom, but no, um, I just thought it was impressive. I yeah, I've funny. been watching SNL of late. Um, it might have been the murder murder that started it all. And shout mm-hmm. out to us knowing what happened on Mare of East Town by the time this comes out, but we don't know when we're recording. Ooh, oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Um, but I've been I've been loving it. The thrill of live TV. I mean, pant pant ripping is just epic. Um, yeah. What am I watching? Oh, you will be proud. So I finished Top Chef thirteen. It's been like ah! a week. <laughs> Love it. It's great, right? You can just rip through it, man. There's so many seasons. You can. And now I'm on Top Chef current season trying to catch up. So are you watching? <gasps> oh my Isaac? God. I am absolutely watching. I'm really excited you're watching. It's a it's a, it's a, a good season. Yeah. So it, it was kind of perfect because I, Tony and I had both never watched any season. I was shocked because he loves reality TV and he loves food and cooking. So surprising that he had never seen like a full season We'd both seen, that's a lie, I've seen episodes and seasons a long time ago, but full on binging it and then this episode or this season. And so far, it's so great. I think I'm three or four in and uh, Kwame from the season I just watched and um, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name and now I'm a nightmare. But it was great to have like continuation of the guys we just got to know. Yes, totally. Kwame is so good, and his outfit game on the Portland season is really, like, he's killing it fashion-wise. Well, that's the thing. You're kind of like, oh, uh, I remember you from being, like, really good on your season, but, like, you know, I guess no spoilers. Um, I I was surprised to see, like, what he was up to now in a good way. I was like, oh, my God, crushed it. Like, I was obviously like, how many Instagram followers do you have versus others, blah, blah, blah. This is why Top Chef is still cool and still relevant. It's because, like, Unlike American Idol or like Project Runway or any of the other reality competition shows, winning Top Chef is still like a very impressive achievement in the food world. Yeah. Like it's taken really seriously. And it's got like, so these, it's just, I, ugh, I couldn't, I could talk about the show forever, but I'm really glad you're watching this season because then we can text about it. Yes, we can text about it. And you, I've, I, you've told me for a long time, you've told all of us for a long time and I finally got into it and I really get it. Um... Amar Santana is the other one who's on this season, who was also on the season I watched. And oh, it's yeah. just fun. It's fun to have great. two of them, you know. His vibe is so – I love his vibe. He's Me like too. calm and chill and funny, but he's just like so smart. And like his – I think his um, criticisms are really insightful this season. Yes, agree. Like he always has like a unique take on stuff. And it's just so uh, – I don't know. Like it's it's a very unique brand of competition, reality, unscripted, whatever you call it. And I love it. Thank you, Liza. Sorry, I was so Ugh. late. I, no, not at all. I'm so glad. Anytime anytime somebody new gets into Top Chef, I am psyched because it's just a really good show. I have like favorite seasons I can recommend to you to watch next. Like it's a it's a quality, it's quality television programming. I feel like it's, it makes me feel just so good uh, inside and out. I don't know what that means. Um, no, I agree. I, I agree. There's something to it where you have to be like, like you're already – reputable or you want to continue to be you know respected in your community where people aren't nasty to each other in the way that like hinders other reality shows I don't know like the competition is pure instead of being about like weird strategy chess moves that feel evil yeah and it always feels that the almost always the person they send home feels fair it doesn't feel like it's about keeping the most interesting personalities on I mean, sometimes the judges make a decision and I'm like, that sounds insane, but I also didn't taste the food. So it's, yeah, but in general, it's like they will cut fan favorites if they if they fuck up. Like it's not it feels like there is some integrity to the competition mm-hmm. that sometimes you lose in other shows where it's like, oh, well, this guy's got a big personality. Like they're going to keep him around forever because he gives good talking head bites or whatever. Like Top Chef doesn't. Yeah, it continues to after many, many seasons. It doesn't feel like they are trying to make a more like exciting show like they keep it exciting by making great challenges like the challenges on top chef are always really creative and really good and really fun and ugh, i love it so this is not a top chef podcast however uh, that's something i would do (laughs) can i ask you one question before we move on not about specifically top chef but um 
what like other and I know there are lots of different competition shows out there but what else would you like to see that you feel like you haven't seen I can I just tell you that my weird craving and I know there's like America's Got Talent but like okay so Liza and I met in acting school a very long time ago um I want to see like people like in filmmaking or like um actors like have to do their scenes and I know it wouldn't work on tv and everything but I'm trying to think of like the Top Chef model of not getting into like gross territory, keeping that integrity yeah. you mentioned. What else would you want to see? Like, that's a good question. First of all, and as you know, I watch a lot of reality TV, so it's You're embarrassing that I know this. But there is this. There were these shows on like MTV or something that was that was about a bunch of actors auditioning for the Broadway production of Legally Blonde. It was a reality Ooh. show. And it wasn't that good, but I was like, that's a good concept. It's singing, dancing, choreography, acting, like Broadway. Like it's a, I love Broadway. I'm like a big theater kid. I thought it was a great concept and the show just like never delivered, but I thought Broadway was a great one. Um, That's a good question. I don't know. Like kind of like prestige arenas where you could see some people you almost recognize or could have been to their restaurant, whatever the equivalent of that is like seeing their indie film at a festival. I, I'm just focused on, you know, the things I, I think about more. But I feel like there are – and obviously, I, I guess I zoom out and I'm surprised that, like, British Baking Show and Top Chef work so well because you're not tasting the food, and they do. Yeah. And so it's like no, – there are other areas. Every There are a million shows, like, Crafting Corner, I feel like they're doing. Like, they're doing everything now, but – Totally. What is you know it? what's a weird one? I would like to watch, like – um a music one that is specific to like music producing. I find music producing the people oh, who make yeah. the beats and who mix the things and who decide how much instrumentation and how much, you know, reverb and how much the, like the audio, uh, like the, those people, music producers like, you know, Diddy style. I don't know. I don't know a lot of music producers. Oh, yeah. Mark Ronson. Yeah. Like those these people who are like kind of celebrity music producers. But making the band. That was different. Yeah. I know that's not what we're talking about, but you know. You but said like Diddy. in the same family of yeah. like how people who who like make music but they're not the musicians. I think it's really interesting. Yes. And I think but it's I, very niche. I feel like Netflix tried to do it with that show West Side. I don't I didn't watch it. It might have gotten a little reality drama ish mm. but i also know they have a saw uh, a show called song exploder which is based on the podcast and i think i've never seen it but it might be more like that and the new york That's times cool. has those amazing videos have you seen those liza where they yeah yeah yeah, the, yeah. Uh, uh, and oh, the we'll graphics are so cool yes. on those oh my god that's I, yeah, consumption corner we will add those to our newsletter if you subscribe those new york, those videos are really cool they're so cool i can really like get lost in those videos yeah. <laughs> i've gone in a lot of click holes with those i think i like watching shows i just realized so scratch my ideas about not that i know how to act or filmmake but i'm closer to them in terms of like what i think about on a daily basis for work i think i like shows about talents i totally don't understand which is like yeah cooking for me i'm not a cook I'm definitely not a chef and definitely not a top chef. And music. Music to me is just play the piano for two years. That's it. I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> mind-blowing to me. When people can sing, like really sing, it is like to me, I'm like, this makes me believe in God. That's dramatic. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. it's like, how do you make that with your body? Like it's insane to literal me when body. people are really good sing- singers. I'm a horrible singer and I always wanted to be on Broadway when I was a kid. And it was a very hard pill for me to swallow to realize I was a horrible singer when I was like in middle school. It is bl- mind blowing to me. Like s- certain people, like Cynthia Erivo is one of those people. Mm-hmm. Like sh- when she sings, I'm just like, how? How? Like, what is your how is what is your anatomy and also your brain? It's crazy. Yeah. And oh yeah. That's so interesting. okay. Last comment. Interesting that American Idol doesn't really produce talent anymore, but Top Chef does. Okay, that's it. All right, I'll yeah. leave us on that note. We love All the reality competition shows. That's why Top Chef is yep. so yep. dang. Yep. Because it's like it stands alone, man. It's a it's a it's a uh, prestige thing. Prestige anyway. Baby. Big Top Chef fans. Shout I actually know – I have a, a friend, Sasha Acquaintance, who has a Top Chef podcast called Talk Chef Ooh. and who gets great guests on. She's a comedy writer, Rekha Shankar, in L.A. And um, – Let's have her on. Uh, it's, a, it's a good podcast. Uh, yeah, I would, I would highly recommend Talk Chef if you're a Top Chef fan. 
And if you're new here, we, again, promise we are not a Top Chef or unscripted TV podcast, but we love those genres. Okay, we're going to do a listener question, and then we're going to get into our interview with Alana Dunn, who we were so lucky to have, and who we get into really juicy stuff with. Okay. So, Liza, I'm going to read the intro because we need Great. a little boost. And it's your birthday. It's almost your birthday. <laughs> and now it's actually after your birthday. Okay. Hi, Liza and Kimmy. Big fan of the pod. You guys are my top played podcast of 2020 on Spotify by a lot. Smiley. That's the Aww. nicest thing I've ever heard of. I really appreciate it. Um, reaching out to you because I have a question that I would really appreciate your help with. Had a rather sleepless night last night and woke up feeling like I needed to resolve this ASAP but didn't know how to. Here's the situation. I'm a 24-year-old girl living with three roommates in a four-bedroom house in the Bay Area. We were just talking about real estate. It's tough. Uh, Two of my roommates and I have been friends since freshman year of college, and one of them I met about three years ago and am also good friends with. The problem is that the two roommates I have been friends with since freshman year are usually never in the house. One spends most of her time at her boyfriend's place, and when she comes here, comes alone, while the other has been home in Maryland with her family and she won't be coming back until mid-June so it's just me and the other roommate so the one she's good friends with but hasn't known since freshman year of college met three years ago um uh the other roommate so this one I just explained has a boyfriend who lives about an hour away from us but who doesn't have a car my roommate has a car but doesn't feel comfortable driving it up to her boyfriend's place she's a shaky driver so she and her boyfriend both end up staying here with me for weeks at a time This has Mm. been driving me a bit insane as my roommate and I both work from home and her BF, her boyfriend, also does college virtually from home. I like my roommate and her boyfriend, but I didn't sign up to live with them and I've been trying to be sympathetic about their situation as I know relationships need time together to grow. Wow. I'm just chiming in. You're very thoughtful and a saint. However... I feel like I'm not comfortable in my own home and oftentimes need to make plans to go visit my family to actually get downtime away from the two of them who are constantly together in our house. Even when they're just in their room, I can't freely hang out in the common areas because I'm worried her boyfriend might come in or come down and start cooking or something. I've addressed this with her before and she agreed to have him here only about half the time. However, that's quickly translated into him spending exactly 15 to 16 days here in a row per month using our kitchen, our shower, our living spaces, and obviously also sleeping here. I have this week off and I'm feeling like I can't even really enjoy my own home. That's key. I like my roommate, but I need to address this and I don't know how to do it in a gentle way. For what it's worth, I do enjoy living with roommates. It's easy for me to coexist with roommates when they're all my friends, all girls I signed up to live with. However, it's taking a lot of mental energy to be living with a couple that I am not socially super familiar with, nor do I feel 100% myself around. Please help. I know it's a complex situation, so I appreciate any advice. This is so tough. It's so tough. That's why I thought it would just be a good one. It's a different angle. It's not like a dating question, but it's so related and 100% difficult. Uh, I mean, I think we've all been in situations like this, or maybe not, but I've definitely been in situations like this where you're living with someone who has a boyfriend over a lot and it becomes complicated. And, you know, you, it's tricky because of it, it is, you know, your roommate's right to a certain extent to have her boyfriend over in the living space that she pays rent on, but you have rights and, um, you know, boundaries that need to be respected. And then it's like, the the relationship with your roommate is also uh at risk and a, and a tricky thing um i would say that it is completely fair at this point to broach the subject of him paying rent of some kind if he's there half the time um i don't know how your other two roommates feel i know that you said one is gonna be uh not there until mid-june um, and then the other is at her boyfriend's place a lot of the time. You know, it's tricky because you don't want to feel like you're ganging up on on the um the roommate who is there. But I think that it can be a, a, a way to go about it to approach the other roommates and be like, hey, like, how do you guys feel about um potentially if this person's boyfriend needs to needs to pay us something if he's here using our utilities, using our space, um, especially your roommate who's not there and is paying rent on a space she's not using. Um, I think that's at least fair and could be a way into the conversation. But I don't know. How do you feel, Kimmy? It's tricky because I'm with you 100% and uh, 
I'm like, will I lose my train of thought if I give this example really quickly? But I will. I lived with a roommate and best friend from like truly kindergarten whose boyfriend was in grad school and when we were living in Brooklyn in our very tiny but two-bedroom, two-bath, so we were lucky, apartment, was spending a lot of time with us. And it wasn't an issue. It just became a – I forget how I brought it up, but it became like a natural point of conversation like, would you be cool with us maybe all three talking about like a potential like version of paying for this apartment that makes sense so that – I framed it as like, so your boyfriend feels comfortable coming and going and being here even if you're out of town because he's like contributing, you know, beyond just – I don't even know if we were doing groceries or what at that time because it just, you know, he was living with his family and going to school at that time. Sorry, I didn't make that clear. So he was in New Jersey and we were in New York. So he would come in and I think that conversation went pretty naturally because I centered it on him. However, I think in this situation, before rent, even though Liza's advice is excellent, I also, it sounds like it hasn't really been addressed yet at all. So like addressing it for the first time in a gentle way. I'm just trying to think, Liza, you made a really good point about like not wanting to gang up. So I'm thinking it's really important to be direct. So I'm not going to give you my personal advice of what I would do because I wouldn't be very direct. But it's really important to address it because we all have had roommates, whether it's like the dishes in the sink or the like I'm I've been this roommate to other people. It's things build when you don't address them, right? When you're living, I do it with the man I live with right now. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. you're, it's usually me not making the bed. But like, you know, it's like, I'm like, I can feel you being annoyed with me for not making the bed again. And that's, that's my own thing. But I think it's about like bringing it up so that she knows it's an issue at all. Because while I'm sure she's aware it's not super, you know, standard, she may not realize how much it affects you. Because it's really easy when you're living your own life in your apartment, even if you're with three other roommates to be like, uh, just about yourself like everything's yeah. fine I'm good I'm good and, but he's doing his school from his zoom school from your apartment it's COVID like I think I, again I'm just framing it up so I'm not doing a great job of giving you advice but I think my advice would be to first just approach her and be like hey is x God? like I mm, see it's hard I have a thought okay can you chime in because I really yeah. failed <laughs> So, no, 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 not at all. Just because I, I'm just having this. I, I think that also, like, you're emailing us with these um, really reasonable concerns oh, yeah. that, like, basically saying, like, you don't feel totally comfortable, like, socially and comfortable in your own home. And part of the reason is because you don't know when he's going to be there. So I'm wondering if you can bring that, like, you know, very genuine, like, non-judgmental, like, emotional um, aspect of it to your roommate, who's your friend, and say, like, Hey, like, I know we talked about him being here half the time. Um, I just want to explain, like, why that was important to me. Like, I don't feel totally comfortable here. And, like, obviously, it's a pandemic. I can't leave. Like, we're all here. Like, stress is high. I really want you guys to be able to have time together. But also, like, it would just be really important to me to know when he's going to be here. Even if you could just lay out for me, like, the days he's going to be here. Or if you guys could, you know, just share some kind of a, like, schedule. Or let me know when he's leaving. Because then I'll know, like, when I can have the space back and feel more comfortable in my space. Um... And, you know, that could also open the conversation. And then you could say, like, do you think there's a world where he would, it would, you know, you guys would be able to spend maybe like four or five days here and then go to his place for a couple days so that I could, you know, at least for like a couple days a week know that I was going to have the space um, to myself. Yeah. And that could like become part of the conversation of like, or if it's hard to like think about planning that or scheduling and, you know, he, he, I understand your relationship. Again, Liza, great point. Like, listener, your email is so thoughtful. You are giving them so much. You are letting them take up all the space, like quite literally. And like, you get to take up your own space, but it's, it's hard to do that and articulate that sometimes. But I think that like this conversation that Liza just laid out could really easily turn into and like totally get that it's also your relationship is growing. You might not want to schedule on it, Maybe it would just feel like it makes more sense if like he contributes a little while ex-roommate is away for a while or, you know, maybe we should all sit down and talk about it. It is not – now I will go on the defense and like – or not the defense, um, the offense and be like it is not normal for someone to be there 15 or 16 days in a row and there's a reason you have that number because you counted it and I would too. I'd be like every day it would be building inside me like this is fucking annoying. 
you know? If he's going to, like, basically live there, he should, you know? He should pay. And especially if, like, you have another... Especially in the Bay Area. It's expensive. Exactly. And you have another roommate who's, like, often at her boyfriend's place. But it sounds like it's either your roommate's there or two of them are there. It's not like she's away there, you know? And I think, again, to Liza's point, but also to your point you know how to articulate exactly what you're feeling in a way that makes me really understand it and doesn't make me feel as like a third party reading this that you're angry at your roommate or being irrational. It's just like, oh yeah. Like when you said the thing about vacation, being on vacation and not really being able to feel at home in your home, that really resonated with me. Like that's the most frustrating part about living with anyone where you like can't like, like even the person you're dating, you're like, well, I can't just be myself and eat my Cheetos. But no yeah I do and yeah come at it from that from that nice therapy place couples therapy place of I statements I feel this way I want you know I want to feel this way in my home I you know blah 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 and yeah come at it with like a you're my friend and like I'm just like letting you know how I feel and I care about you care about your relationship want to make sure it works for you like and I think it's going to be hard for her to um be upset about that if it's about you know a, a place of like let's work this out together yeah, that's true. Let yeah. us know how it goes. I'm sorry you're in the situation. It's really tough, especially in COVID, especially when we don't have our usual escape hatches. We don't have our usual distractions. Like, I am, I feel feel for you. And um, yeah, let us know um, how the conversation goes. Yeah, for sure. I just address it because you are so smart and kind and nice about it. I know you won't fuck it up. I could be like nasty about it if I was in the situation. Oh, you I would won't be. fuck this up in a big way. I would way. fuck yeah. it up. I know you won't based on this email. So You'll crush it. Totally. Let us know. <laughs> Love you. Okay. Now we are so excited to, you know, 27 minutes into the podcast, um, introduce you to or just like let you in on our conversation with Alana Dunn because so many people requested her to be on Alana Dunn from seeing other people after this little break. We are so excited to have Alana Dunn here from Seeing Other People, the podcast that you all listen to because you have highly requested her. I also listen to it. Alana, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I mean, the two of you have been doing this for way longer than I have, so (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. We're so excited to have you. We're going to talk about all things Seeing Other People. We're going to talk about all kinds of like questions we get all the time. We're going to probably figure out everything about dating in this one episode. But first, as always, we love to ask, do you have a worst first date story? You know, it's funny because I've gone on like more dates than I can count. And I really wish I did count. Like I I keep (laughs) lists of everything in my phone, everything in the world. Like I have a list of every boy I've ever kissed, but I don't have a list of every date I've ever been on. Um, but I, I do have like, there's one first date that stands out as particularly terrible. And it was actually a setup by my roommate's mom. Ooh, <laughs> and wow. my roommate is like one of my childhood, like lifelong best friends. I've known her mom forever. And her mom was like, I have a, like a son of my friend from like bridge to set Alana up with like he's great like and she was like mom do you even know him and she was like no I've never met him but like I'm sure he's great and so I'm like okay you know what like I'll trust this I'll 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 let it happen and I went and I kid you not like I don't think he spoke more than five words the entire time and I'm 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 okay with that you know in from the most part like I can talk to a wall I can talk about like dogs or the most random things in the world all day long but it just like I just kept I felt like obnoxious because I just kept having to talk about myself over and over and over and I was like he probably thinks I'm a huge narcissist or like that I don't care about him but I would ask him questions he would give me one more answers or like nod his head and then the worst part of it was when like the, I, like we finished, we each finished our drinks and it was like over an hour already. And we were kind of like tucked away in the corner of this place. So it was very hard to get table service. And, um, finally like the waitress came over and I was definitely like ready to go. And she asked if we wanted anything else. And I said, no. And he ordered another drink. Always. Sorry. And I was like, I was like, no, now I have to sit here for like another hour. 
And it, it was just like, he was, he was nice. Like he was a nice, normal person, but like, I, I, I don't know. It was weird. And I, I just felt so uncomfortable the whole time. Cause I was just like trying, I, I was like trying to let, give myself a lineup of like five things to talk about next in my head while I was still talking about something. Cause he wouldn't say anything. It's so just the worst feeling. It's horrible. This happened to be yeah. on like, I don't know. Someone asked me on like a, you know, a networking date. Like they asked me and this happened and it was horribly painful. And I was like, this is not a, a romance. This is like business. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's fine. Cause I can walk away and be like, wow, that was fucking bizarre. But like, it just feels so inconsiderate. Like even if you're a shy person or whatever, like you can ask a couple questions. Yeah. Like we've all been in social situations before or we, we all know how to converse, whether it be like at work or with a friend. And like, I, I don't think I'm intimidating on dates. Like, I don't know. It, it just made me feel really bad. I'm like, why doesn't this person want to talk to me? Yeah. Oh, and then the, the thing where I, I, you know, rudely interrupted you saying always was just that the next drink was ordered. You're just like, I, I too don't have, we get a lot of horror stories of bad dates but I don't actually have any my worst first dates much more fall into this kind of category Alana where it's just so deeply uncomfortable and then someone feels like Mm -hmm. it went in an entirely different way and it's hard out there dating is hard but what like were you on the same date I don't know oh the worst yeah oh oh I just thought of one other the date itself was like fine like he ordered he like oh it was mid pandemic. So like this guy came to my apartment, but the bizarre thing was we like, I felt like I was being psychoanalyzed the entire time. Like I felt like he was literally trying to like give me a therapy session and like, like dig into my brain. And at one point somehow like the topic of therapy came up and, um, he asked if I like, if I go to therapy and I was like, I used to, like, I don't anymore. And he was like, no, I think you should still be in therapy. I think you have a lot to work through. (laughs) Whoa. That. (laughs) is insane that's insane right if like my best friend said that to me now that's a lie I wouldn't be upset at my best friend but it's like (laughs) you gotta really really know someone to be like so I think we need to talk about maybe you going to therapy (laughs) like that's insane yeah and then he followed up like a week later being like I'm surprised you didn't ask me out on the second date no no I was Good too busy, Lord. you know, finding a code for a therapy service. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, oh, my goodness. It's what a world. We are so, I mean, I feel like we yell on this podcast about people, the general you all going to therapy. And I'm yelling at myself about it right now, too, because I'm not in therapy at the moment. But you cannot bring that up on a first date. Liza, no. to your point, like, when do you even feel not a little bit offended by someone, even a really close friend in your life bringing it up? As much as I don't think, you know, needing to go to therapy should be stigmatized, someone telling you to go who you don't know well is just on another level. Ugh. Yep. Good times. Good times. We're not. (laughs) So speaking of therapy. Yes. (laughs) This is our this is our therapist question. This is our Terry Gross question. This is when we dig deep. LOL. You can tell us you don't want to talk about this. So we love to ask people this. What is your relationship to relationships? And you can interpret that however, like how you grew up thinking about relationships, how you how it's evolved, how you um, what type of relationship you see for yourself in the future, or, you know, all any any and all. So this was one of the things I know you, uh, you guys emailed me this before, and I've actually like, thought about this a lot over the last week, because at first I was like, wow, I have no idea how I'm going to answer this. And then I was like, wow, like, what is my relationship with relationships? And I I did kind of think about all the different ways I could like directions I could go in with answering. And it's kind of, I mean, part of the reason I like got into like doing a dating podcast and talking about dating and, and making dating content is because I've had really, really, really terrible, painful dating experiences. And because of that, I have done a lot of reflection on my past relationships and and it's sad to say, but like my relationship with relationships is pretty painful and and just like negative in general. And I think at the same time, I've also learned so much about myself 
through these experiences. Like I, through, I think like all of my, I guess like quote unquote failed relationships have really shaped me into who I am. And they've like kind of pushed me so far down, like that I had to really like build myself back up after. So it's like a beautifully painful relationship where I'm so glad that I went through all the things I went through in hindsight, because I would not be where I am today. I would not be the person I am today. I would not be doing what I do today, but the going through it itself was so difficult and really, really messed me up for a while. Oh, I'm sorry. And I also, I feel like it's interesting. You you mentioned maybe you wouldn't be doing what you're doing today. And I'm curious just because when we started this podcast and I had, I used to, you know, write about dating and we, we used to make content about dating um back in the day we're such grandmas we were like we made a youtube video now it's tiktok um but i i that resonates with me alana i feel like i had a really bad relationship to relationships or in my case it was like situationships all the time before that was even a word and you know just being not let not being oh, yeah. treated greatly but i I, I'm curious for you if you think kind of working in the dating space and you can give some of our listeners who aren't familiar more of your background, but if that was part of kind of if that shifted your relationship to relationships or even this podcast, you know, if that's been kind of a quote unquote healing, I don't know. I feel like for me it was. So I'm curious. Yeah, absolutely. Like in so many ways. So background is I worked for Hinge for a little over two years. I ran all of their social and was their like lead content creator. But before that job, I was actually like in the music industry and you, I would never have believed anyone who told me that I was going to leave the music industry at any point in my life. But part of the reason I did was because one of these like relationships that I had was very wrapped up in my career as well. I was managing a band and the band had two guys in it. And I was basically in a secret relationship slash situationship with one of the guys for almost a year. And it was a secret from the other guy in the band. Mm -hmm. So I was with the two of these guys, like five out of seven days a week. And I would have sleepovers with the guy I was dating probably six out of seven days a week. And we had to pretend like nothing was going on. Like he, he took me home. I went to Minnesota for a week over the holidays to meet his family, but we were pretending that we weren't in a relationship. Wow. It, it was really, really terrible. And I was going to like move, pick up and move across the country with them. Like we were all like planning our like lives together for like our, our whole, like all of our careers and, and hopes and goals and dreams. And it obviously crashed and burned and it like put me in such a deep, like dark place that I was like, I need to get so far away from the music industry. And so I was just applying to like a million jobs in like so many different types of things. Cause I was like, I need to, I need to figure out who I am outside of music, who I am outside of this band and this guy. And I ended up getting this job at hinge that I definitely was not qualified for at the time. Um, and they were like, okay, you're here. Like go big content about dating. And I was like, what, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, so but in doing that, like it was such a healing process. Like you were saying, Kimmy, like I was able to talk to so many people who were like hinge users and hinge like followers. And, and I decided that all the content I wanted, I was going to make was going to be about the different pain points in dating because it's like dating is so fucking hard like, how are we supposed to just like figure it out? It's like, no, we all struggle. We all experience all of these like different, really difficult, like painful things. We all feel lonely. We all get our hearts broken, but it seems like those are the things that people aren't like talking about enough. So it was really cool to do that for so long. And, and I was like making short form content and I was like, you know what, like podcasts are really popular. And like, I think that would be an even more helpful way to talk about things for more than like 30 seconds to a minute. And so I started a podcast for Hinge called Dating Sucks, which then was relaunched as Seeing Other People once I was no longer at Hinge. And it's been the most rewarding experience. Like I have learned so much about myself. I have fully like 
understood why I was the way I was in these past relationships and why these things happened and what things I would have done differently now. And that being said, it's like, though I refer to them as failed relationships, I don't think a relationship, a relationship is only a failure if you don't learn something from it is what I've come to learn Mm -hmm. from all of this. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's so cool. Like just, I, we feel the same way. The more talking, you know, I think sometimes we worry that we're like not being like liberated feminists if we're talking about dating too much or whatever it has been over the years, whatever anxieties we've imposed on ourselves, Um, not liberated. (laughs) But I think that it's actually more about like reclaiming this thing that we all do in the world that's really, really hard that there's always been kind of comedic content around but just talking about it honestly and that's what seeing other people does and all the I think podcasting has been such an amazing um, venue for these conversations for our listeners who are not familiar with you and your co-host Jonah can you talk about how you too decided to launch the podcast because it's a unique situation (laughs) (laughs) yes it definitely is a unique situation so at the time when I was at Hinge and I was like I want to start a podcast they were like okay like do you want to do it on your own? Do you want to find a co-host? I was like, I want an older male co-host to kind of ha- like give different perspectives so that people can really like learn more and, and benefit from this. And they were like, okay, do you have someone in mind? And I was like, oh, like, okay, let me think. And I was like, you know what? I do have someone in mind. This guy I met on Hinge and <laughs> went on some dates with. So flashback to August, 2019, um, Jonah Feingold and I matched on Hinge and, and we went on like the best first date ever to this day, like the best first date I think either of us have ever been on and went on a few more dates after that. And I ended up actually like sending him a lot, one of those long gray anti-ghosting texts <laughs> um, that he apparently was expecting to get at that point. But the thing is, I really did like him and I did feel a connection to him, but he was my first date after a breakup. And in going on these dates with him, I realized I was so not ready. And like, this was supposed to be my little like push, like, okay, like one foot in front of the other, like one thing at a time, like I want to try going on a date with someone. And I did not at all expect to like actually like someone or have a connection with them. And I like, was just crying about my ex before and after all my dates with Jonah. So I was like, this is bad. Um, so I texted him, but I I was like very sincere. And I I told him like, honestly, like, I'm just not ready. Like I do want to like, hopefully pick things back up down the road or like stay friends and be in touch, whatever. So we kept in touch a little bit here and there. Uh, he kind of like put it on me to do, which as he should. Um, and I randomly texted him a few months later being like, I have a crazy idea. Can you like call me tonight? And he did. And I was like, so do you want to host a podcast with me? (laughs) Because on all of our dates, we both would just talk nonstop about like the nuances of like dating and relationships and dating in New York. And he's also, he's a a filmmaker and a writer and director and all of his work is like romantic comedy based. So it was like, it was kind of the subject of both of our careers, even though our careers were very different. It was just like the subject that we both were very interested in. So yes, we did dating sucks together. Um, during like the beginning of the pandemic, we recorded one episode in person and then the world shut down and then we did it in our basements. And then, um, I left hinge in November, 2020. And then in January we launched seeing other people together. And you've crushed it. I just sorry, I, I just think it's wild. It's like if anyone out there is like, why would I go on this first date? You never know. You may end up with a new venture host, a co-host for your new venture. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a good example of like, sometimes it's not the right person for you to date, but yeah. like you can have chemistry. And I feel like sometimes when, when people get, when people are on the receiving end of that, like you're so great, but text it can feel really personal. And I feel like this is a really good example of like, it's not. It's just there's a lot of like matrices of connection that have to click and you can have a lot of them and still not be like the right people for each other. 100%. That's such a good point that it's like, it's usually not about you. Like in that case, like it had nothing to do with Jonah. If anything, it's like Jonah was the reason I almost didn't send that text, but that wouldn't have been good. 
for like, it would have just ended up crashing and burning. Like it was fully me and it was the place that I was in and the fact that I was not there yet. Yeah. Oh, I love it. What an origin story. Liza, why didn't we date first? That would have been so cool. I mean, we basically <laughs> d- we did. We were, sure. we were like, we dated as adult friends. We were like non- non-sexual life partners. <laughs> Kimmy definitely has my social security number. We have a shared credit card. True. So. I mean, honestly, like that's, I, in, in a lot of cases, having someone like that is more important at most <laughs> points in your life than having yeah. an actual like romantic partner. <laughs> Kimmy's now used to me texting her or calling her regularly and being like, hey, I need your social and I, I need to know um, like these four things, like per- deeply personal piece of information she like doesn't even ask me why she's like okay yeah so here you go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so tell us a little bit about how being in we we like to ask this question uh of people who are kind of in the dating space so you're now like a public person in the dating world can you tell us a little how about how it's impacted your dating and how it's how people have responded when they find out yeah it's it's funny because what usually ends up happening is I'll go on a date with someone. I know very little information about them. I mean, I know enough because I obviously extensively stalked them on the internet for a few (laughs) hours. But other than that, I just know what anyone else knows. They know everything about me. Like, I don't think there's a guy in the last year who I went on a date with who had not at least listened to an episode of my podcast or saw all of my like terribly embarrassing TikToks and no, they're great. It <laughs> Thanks. Um, like, and so that was really weird where like I would get to a, a date with someone and they would know all of these things about me. And not only that is like, they had a, they, they would have a very clear vision in their head of who they thought I was. And I do like to think I put like my true self out there, but at the same time, like I don't think it's possible for someone to really fully know who a person is based on what their social media is like at all. And so it's been a really interesting experience, but at the same time, it's, it is cool to kind of figure out who really like cares everything I do with like the dating content and and the podcast and stuff like it. I do it because I'm passionate about it. Like I I'm like basically broke. Like I'm not making a lot of money off of this. It's not like this isn't, this isn't going great for my bank account, but it's like, I'm doing it because I love to do it. And because like people tell me it helps them and because it's helped me and I believe in it. And so it's, it's helpful for me to really get a sense of like, Oh, is this person actually like paying attention? Are they asking me questions about like who I interviewed that week or like what topic within dating I like to talk about, or are they like totally afraid to talk about dating with me, you know? So that's been really helpful. And I actually, I did like meet someone on Hinge who I'm dating now and he listens to every single episode. Like the morning it comes out, he gives me feedback that's like helpful based on like our episodes and other podcasts that he listens to and he like suggests things for the show. And it's so easy to see that he really genuinely cares and be like is interested because it's important to me. So I think that's really cool because it's, it's a lot to ask someone and it's something that I could never ask someone, but it's something that does matter. Yeah. Yeah. We hear you. I mean, (laughs) it's so tricky. It's so sweet that he's supportive. Um, what was your like, so you're dating in New York. What was your kind of, what were your pet peeves? What were your, like, what is, what was your outlook on dating maybe when you met him? Um, and obviously now, now it's all roses, but. Well, it's, it's been a time with like COVID and social distancing. And I mean, I lived at, I'm, I'm at my parents' house right now. I came home for the week, but like I was living at home for six months last year and I like couldn't really see people, but did I have people who I met on a dating app who I like texted for three months or played cup pong with endlessly, like (laughs) probably without even actually meeting in the end? Yes. And it, it is just interesting coming off of a year where like all we, I think a lot of us wanted was to like have some form of companionship and feel less lonely and just have someone to talk to at the end of the day. But it's, it is a really interesting paradox where like a lot of people are going into like, oh, like shot girl summer, hot vac summer, like gonna like let loose and go crazy. But a lot of other people are also like, no, like I just spent a whole year alone. I want to like find someone. And I think in the beginning of the year, 
once like I mean we were outdoor dining in like fucking 20 degree weather it was terrible but like (laughs) I think I finally was like that it was like after the holidays I was back in the city I was like no like I am going to like seriously try and like find someone but I like tried for like a month and I was like "Eh." like okay I tried like maybe I'll try again in a few months um but I ended up like going on a date with him and we actually both like didn't really enjoy our first date again because it was 20 degrees and we were sitting outside um (laughs) but I was kind of at the point where like okay if I find someone great if I don't then I'll just like have fun um which is when it happened always I know it's annoying to hear but But like that's what they say and I'm like no (laughs) it's like oh like as soon as you stop looking it's like no I'm me I'm always gonna be looking looking, if I'm like single but like I really was like you know what like I'm busy with work I'm like happy with where I'm at and like I'm okay and Mm -hmm. I think that was really important for me to for like a split second not have finding someone be my number one thing It was like maybe my number two or three thing, but it wasn't my number one thing. Yeah. It's like always, I feel like it's always like when you stop putting pressure on it, which is insane because it's like, you can't really choose to not put pressure on it. It happens when like other shit in your life is happening. This is exactly what happened to me too. And it's like, yeah, the first time in my entire adult life, I was like not stressed about it for five minutes. I like fucking met like the person who I, you know, wanted to be with forever it's just it's so annoying and it's so dumb and it's also like when before it happened to me I was like no that's a stereotype or you know a cliche or whatever yeah but Alana I think you make such a good point it's like you can't you can't totally not be looking that's what they say when you're not looking it happens they whatever but you're right it's like there's a baseline of looking or putting effort into dating that just has to be there if you're gonna end up with someone unless you are luckier than I or you know look more like Dua Lipa than I and like can you just wander the world and (laughs) be courted you know um yeah but I think that's a good point it's like it's not your number one priority that's a good way to think about it because even when we started this podcast and I went on dates it I didn't even know that it was my number one priority before but I was to your point too Liza like putting a pressure on it um and then when we were doing it for this podcast the podcast was my number one priority Ethically, that's a little yep. challenging, but uh, found someone <laughs> who was okay with that. Um, yeah, that's, well, very interesting and annoying of the world. Uh, dating. Um, dating. Uh, yep. Okay. So let's talk about, you know, you worked for an app and we talk about apps all the time. I know you met your current boyfriend on an app, but what about meeting IRL? Like, what are your, what are your approaches? We, we tried to give some advice on this and let me tell you, I don't think we succeeded. So I would love to know (laughs) if you have any tips for people who are just a little, like we're allowed to see each other in person again, want to meet in the wild. Yeah. So I actually think that people make meeting in real life seem so much harder and like more impossible than it actually is. Mm -hmm. I think there are so many things that we can do, but it's like, you have to yourself put in the effort and take those chances. And we don't because we're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid of like, oh, well, like it might not work out. So I'm just going to like hide behind my screen and not do that. But I mean, obviously the number one way that not obviously, but I I think the number one way to meet somebody in real life and not on a dating app is ask around Mm -hmm. all of our friends, all of our co-workers if you are in like a sports league or if you are in a book club like we're all surrounded by so many people and all of those people know a lot of people and whether it's somebody that they know or somebody like if if I say like like hey Kimmy and Liza like I am single I'm looking for someone like do you have anyone in mind like here's a little bit about like what I'm looking for and like let me know and you two will start thinking and then maybe like it'll come up in conversation. Someone will mention that like their single friend is looking for someone or like went on a bad date or something. And you'll be like, oh, you know, maybe I have someone for them. And so I think really like using your network, but you have to, you have to do it. You have to actually put yourself out there and say, hey, I am single and I am looking for somebody. Do you have someone in mind or can you keep me in mind? And people really don't do that enough. Uh, except for like within their very close circle of friends who you know all the same people as. So it's probably not going to work out that way. Um, and then another thing I, th- I think of is like 
when we're okay. So like, let's say like we're out at a bar, like, or we're at a coffee shop or we're on the subway or we're walking down the street. We all have those moments where we see someone who like catches our eye. What do we do about it? 99 out of a hundred times. Absolutely nothing. And that's why you're not meeting people in real life because you're doing absolutely nothing about it. And so it's really, like I said, it's like taking that chance and, and doing the little thing of like putting a little effort behind putting yourself out there. And there's actually, there's a quote that I love from, it's a very random quote. I've had it saved my phone for like 10 years, but it's from the movie, the movie We Bought a Zoo, oh which God. is a great movie. If anyone listening has not seen it, highly recommend. Sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage, literally just 20 seconds of embarrassing bravery. And I promise you something great will come of it. I love it. Insane oh. courage. Ah. Oh. That is yep. so, so fucking wise. We yep. bought a zoo, man. Hey. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, think about like- it. Like, all it, literally all it takes is, like, going up to the person. Like, it will be over in less than a minute. And the worst thing that will happen is, like, they are dating someone. Or they're like, sorry, I'm, like, not looking for any. Like, you know, like, yep. they're not going to say, like, no, sorry, you're ugly. You're like, no, <laughs> I, I would never date you. They're just going to say, like, sorry, I'm seeing someone. Or, like, I oh, appreciate it. Like, not interested. And then you're right back where you were standing when you were standing there, not asking them. So like the worst thing that happens is nothing. You're back in the same place you were before. The best thing that happens is who the hell knows where it could lead. Like maybe that is your soulmate. Maybe that is the person you will spend the rest of your life with. And you'll have an amazing mute, cute story. 20 seconds, insane courage. Ugh. And, uh, such good energy for like, I don't know. We've all been learning. We Every year I get older, I'm like, life is short. And then we have this pandemic. I'm like, life is really short. Or you may have to be inside for a lot of it. So I think that's just an amazing, I love that. And insane courage, like even if it's, I don't know. We all know that feeling of sending a scary email or asking for a promotion at work too or whatever yeah. it is. So taking those moments and looking at them because you always feel kind of good afterwards even if you don't get you're, – you're proud of yourself. Like do it. Exactly. It's so much more vulnerable going up to someone in real life. I've never done it. I have to be honest. But like it makes me like excited to think about someone just like going for it. Yeah. Yeah. Alana, do you have like an approach strategy? Like say you see someone on the subway, you know, like cute, whatever. You're like, I just want to like – Give them my number or whatever. Do you have an approach strategy or a line you would use? I just like asking people this because I think it's fun. Um, no pressure. Sorry. I, I definitely don't right here. So. No, honestly, I think I would have to do something funny with it. Like I to kind of like take the edge off a little. I think I would like, go up to them and be like, this is so awkward and random, but like I have a friend to set you up with if you're single. Oh, and that friend is me. Like, <laughs> I would literally just do that because it's like funny. They'll laugh. And yeah. like... And it's also, here's the thing is like, if for girls out there listening who are into guys, like every guy I've ever talked to about this is like, no, it is the hottest thing ever. If a girl comes up to me and like tells me they're interested because like that just shows like they're bold, like that shows so much about them. And like, they're like, even if I wasn't interested, I would still like go out with them because they did that mm-hmm. because it's just like their personality. And it's like the fact that no, nobody does it. Like girls don't do this. So if you do do it, you're standing out so much. Yeah. And it's, it's, even if it's like fake it till you make it confidence, it's confident. Like, yes. And to your point, it's only going to flatter someone. Like they, no one has been offended by being asked out before. We've talked about that. And it's true. Exactly. Always. I I mean, I, I don't know anyone who actually has the confidence to do it. So it's like, it's all fake confidence. So even if if you're not confident enough to do it, neither is anyone who's ever done it. Yeah. So you're in good company. Yes. Insane (laughs) courage. I love it. We bought it too. <laughs> I know it's making me want to do something courageous today. I'm like, oh my Same. God, what can I, who can I email? <laughs> In my sweatshirt, you know, looking all grungy. Um, yeah. Oh, Liza, were you going to say something? Sorry. Yeah. So on the flip side of, of meeting in person, since you are, have met people on Hinge, do you have any like best practices, tips? It can be about messaging, profile. Like, is there, do you have like a dating app hack that you wish more people knew about? Yes. So I, I also do like profile reviews and, and revamps for people. So I've been like helping a lot of people with their profiles lately. And there's one thing that I keep seeing over and over that I see, I like would always see on profiles when I was on the apps too. Oh my God, that's so weird. It's still new to me. So like for me to say like when I was on the apps, like, oh my God, um, things I always dreamed of saying. Um, no, but like there, 
one thing I always see in profiles is that people are not really putting thought into their prompts and their bios. So like, if you think about it, like, yes, like you can show your off yourself in your pictures and everything, but like the, the prompts are a place for you to really set yourself apart and show off like who you are beyond the surface. And whether it's like through really, really like thoughtful things that you're writing about yourself and like coming up with things that really communicate who you are, or just like being conversational, everything is always one-sided where it's like, Oh, like the most spontaneous thing I ever did, like blah, 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 this about me, blah, 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 this about me. And what I think people really need to do is, is make it conversational in a way where it's like, or like, this is my favorite or like, this is the most spontaneous thing I ever did. What about you? Mm. Because that is how you should be conversing on a date. That is how you should be conversing when you are getting to know someone. And the other thing is like, people are really bad at sending first messages. So you want to really make it easy and dumb it down and say, here's a place where I'm literally giving you the opportunity to respond to something that we can instantly have a conversation off of and have like a mutual thing to talk about. So really like opening up the conversation in your prompts or in your bio, I think is the best thing you can do for yourself to have more dating app success. Um, also just don't use selfies. Don't do fish pictures, obviously. (laughs) Um, and like, think, don't just say, Hey, like when you, when you open up, uh, a conversation when you send that first message, you want to let them know that you actually looked at their profile and are interested in something that they showed you. Um, and that goes back to like when you're creating your profile, just remember that like you are telling someone bits and pieces of information with every photo, every prompt answer, every photo caption, everything. So really be thoughtful about it and, and take time to set up your profile. Cause I think a lot of people just like download the app and rush through setting up their profile so they can see what else is out there. And then they don't go back and do it. Yeah. You know, it's precious real yeah. estate. You gotta yeah. invest in it. Totally. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. I feel like apps can make everything feel so gamified. You know, it's like, it can just be so easy to scroll the apps the same way you scroll like Instagram or TikTok or, yeah. you know, like end of the night, like scrolling that you do. And yep. I feel like once we've seen this, once you start putting like just that little bit of extra effort and just treat it a little bit more like a, a, you know, dating profile and not like a random fucking fun app on your phone, it can yield like such more rewarding results. It it also tells the other person that like, hey, I'm actually like on here for a reason and I'm like putting effort into this. So like maybe I'll also put effort into our relationship. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. That's a good point. And look out for app or profiles that have the similar level of, you know, effort to put yeah, into them. Definitely. Not just fish picks. Um, can't be said enough. Can't be said enough. Okay. Alana, before we let you go, you all give such great advice on your podcast. You know, you've gotten so many messages, I'm sure, from your followers, from listeners. Is there any kind of dating wisdom or or lessons that you've learned yourself that you you wish you could just – this is kind of similar to the profile question, just bigger. Like, if you could just kind of like imprint into all these people asking you questions about, you know, dating in 2021, like what would you impart to them? Like a lesson that's just been really helpful for you. One thing, and I I did say this before, but this is something that took me a really long time to figure out is like, you really do have to learn from every relationship and from every situation. And that in that don't consider past experiences as failures just because they didn't work out every, every like quote unquote failure, like turn that around and make it a learning experience. And so use all of that. Like you're just going to keep building on each experience and learning more and more. Um, but one thing that I, I wish, and this is so much easier said than done. Um, and it's something I always try to remind myself and I try to remind my friends and, and my listeners is that like dating is, it's not going to work out with someone until it works out with that one person. So it's like, everyone always feels like, oh my God, I've tried everything. Like I'm doing all the things and it's not working out. Like I'm going to be alone forever. It's never going to work out for me. Like that's just not true. It will, but it just hasn't yet. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. And just because it doesn't work out with someone that doesn't 
mean you're not good enough. That doesn't mean you're not going to find your person who makes you better, who you make better. It just means that the people that you have tried with so far are not the right people for you. And that's okay. Yeah. It's such a good reminder. Even me sitting here, I'm like, yeah, I needed that. But for so long, I was so single and beat myself up. And I don't know, not to make another like job analogy, but sometimes dates can feel like interviews. And this is actually a place, your advice, Alana, it's it's where dating and like having a job are very different. Just because you haven't been in a relationship your whole life doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Maybe if you have, it doesn't have to be a series of great jobs, but if you're constantly not getting jobs your entire life, that could be more concerning. But I think, you know, it's (laughs) it's a very different, um, it's your life. It's your, the person you fall in love with. It's your partner, you know, even if it doesn't last, it, it's totally normal to not be always in relationships. That's very good advice. Yep. With those wise words, will you please tell everybody where they can find you, where they can follow you, etc.? Absolutely. My home address is <laughs> um, I'm at Alana, I-L-I-N-A dot like period, D-U-N-N, um, Alana dot done on Instagram and TikTok and podcasts at seeing other people everywhere. And that's all the information I feel comfortable giving out about my identity right now. <laughs> Guys, Alana, thank you so much. This has been so helpful and we loved chatting with you. Yes. Thank you both for having me. I'm like sad that this is over. I want to keep going. I know we could keep going. You're welcome back anytime. Bring in the oh, oh, youthful you energy. Are, <laughs> you two are obviously going to have to come on seeing other people. We need a second date. Oh, yes, we need a second date. We're very pro second date. Thank you so much, Alana. This was very fun. Thank you both.